Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Joan Sachs and Philip Tro of Opera York. Welcome, Joan and Philip. Hi, Marge. Hi, Marge. Hi, Marge. Great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you could join me. Got lots of questions for you. But let's start by telling us a little about yourselves. So I'm a music and service person. And my career was in medical science. I've been a medical researcher, a librarian at Best Institute, and a registered cardiopulmonary technologist at Humber Hospital. And I've volunteered in music my whole life. I actually met my husband at band rehearsal in high school, and we still play together in the Richmond Hill Concert Band and the Thornhill Community Band. Um, I initiated the concept of the Richmond Hill Concert Band and worked with Carla Silver, who's president, and my husband, Lawrence, to develop the idea. And I worked with Philip Tro in the summer concerts in Vaughan, Richmond Hill, and Aurora, and then the formation of Opry York. Very nice. Quite impressive. Philip, can you top that? What's your story? Well, I, I started uh, in uh, a family that um, uh, there were no uh, professional musicians, but everybody loved music. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so music was an important part of my um, growing up in Thornhill. And I was always looking for places to play and things to do. And it was uh, um, growing up in Thornhill and, and Richmond Hill and all these places. It was um, uh, searching for places. When I was in grade 11, I joined the Richmond Hill Symphony back well back in the last century. So there were, there were a few things. The Newmarket Citizens Band, I would travel up to Newmarket for that. And it was a lot of fun, but um, when I finished university um, as a professional trombone player, I was you know, looking for things to do. A lot of things down in Toronto, a lot of things in the closer to um, the the more built-up areas of southern Ontario, but not too much happening up in York Region. And so, uh, with my my history up there, uh, I was involved with. Uh, my mother had a performing arts York region, which was a group of um, people putting together concerts just for up in Thornhill. And uh, I played with the various orchestras and um, I was personnel manager of an orchestra. And we uh, went to do a, a concert at the school where Joan's kids were. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that concert, we talked about the, the 200th anniversary of Thornhill, which I'd grown up in and they were doing this concert and they were planning these things. So I got involved in that, which led to our um, forming a company, ST Music Enterprises, to put on concerts up in the community, York Region generally, to help the the community get live music. Because live music is far and away the best thing to have. Uh, So we started having live music up in the concerts and that led to the opportunities. Okay. Well, I I will concur that lot we need live music. So thank you for for doing that. But you know, why, when, and why did you want to start an opera? 
Well, I'm going to start with that. Opera York came out of the summer concerts that we did beginning in 1995. We literally started out as a grassroots organization on the grass, okay, doing concerts on the grass. And these, these opera concerts, as part of the Summer Parks program, the concerts were popular. And Phil and I formed Opera York and received charitable status for Opera York in 1997. Um, so uh, why did we want to provide opera? Phil? Well, the why part came, as I said, from my own experiences growing up in York Region. There just weren't a lot of opportunities. And, and uh, I, I loved opera. I loved performing classical music, any kind of music, really. And um, in... Toronto, you can go down to see the Canadian Opera Company, but people up in Richmond Hill, Aurora, Newmarket, they've heard of, about opera, but to go and actually see it, it's a long drive down to Toronto to see some great opera, but it's expensive and takes a lot of time. Why not put opera on in York region so that people can go to the backyard and, or go to the backyard, but uh, go out to see them uh, in a local theater, full, fully produced opera that is um, self, an artist in the York Region area, will have opportunities when I finish school or be that high school or be that university. There's now a company, a regional opera company, where I can go and perform the roles that I would like to perform with the Canadian Opera Company or the Metropolitan Opera Company or the English National Opera. The, I can get my start in a regional opera company like Opera York so that I can make the next step up to the, to the, uh, the f higher levels of that. So there's the two points. Those two points very, very well. It, it is making more accessible, but also for the uh, musician, for the performer to give them an oppor opportunity. Okay, so this year there is one performance um, at the Richmond Hill Center for just Performing Art, and you're doing the Magic Flute. But it, is it always just? It isn't always just one performance. Is that correct, uh, Phil? It's uh, two performances. Okay, we so would we would like to have uh, twenty performances, but right now it's just one in the fall and one in the spring okay. as we develop the market. Right. Okay, and um, how do you choose which opera you're going to do each year? You know, does the does it, the availability of certain performers uh, does that determine your choice? The uh, the choice of operas is based on how easy it is for people to uh, access the opera. So there's ten, maybe fifteen operas that everybody knows. You've seen the, the songs from the cartoons. You've seen the songs on advertisements because they're very popular melodies and they know the songs and the stories are really easy to understand. So we pick from those operas and do traditional kinds of presentations of those operas so that people are not lost knowing what they're going to um, coming to see. They're okay, easy to access. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Joan, I know you have been working with the youth. What prompted you to do this? Well, I love working with kids. It's so much fun and to open new doors and exciting things for children. And for Opera York, it's um, 
It's fun sharing the opera voices, which are so strange to young kids. Uh, the opera stories, which are the beginning of soap operas. <laughs> and the personalities of the singers and how wonderful uh, the Richmond Hill Center for the Por for Performing Arts is. It's, uh, it's just lovely to uh, experience children's reactions. We um, took kids on the tours of the theater. And once we had an Opera York uh, children's chorus rehearsal at the theater on Halloween, and we decorated the place and had the conductor and the directors and the leads give out candy from their dressing rooms. But when they were taken to see the orchestra pit, one girl got up on the director's podium, on the conductor's podium, and conducted an imaginary orchestra, then took a bow to the imaginary audience. And so, of course, everyone in the group got up on the podium, did the same thing. <laughs> and we all good. had a okay. great laugh and yeah. just really enjoyed okay. it. I love how kids can be. So that that's a, a very good story so and what and what are you doing the youth choir now or well you know COVID prevent, yeah. presented a lot of challenges and so we're coming back slowly and um so we're doing this first production and then uh we have got plans for another children's course and and getting seniors more involved in chorus work as well so yes that's coming along part of the projects very good okay yeah i've heard the children in one of your other productions Few years back and it was delightful okay i love the costumes and the sets They're just magical beautiful um where do you get them from that's uh, a, a great question there's there's a lot of talent in york region that um people just don't really realize is there and one lady amanda eason who uh We've known for years and years, she's in addition to being very good at costumes, she's also a clarinet player. So played together in various groups, but uh, she's been working for years and years with the Richmond Hill Curtain Club. Mm -hmm. And when we put together Opera York, Amanda was very interested in, in upping the game to be able to create even more complex costumes for these opera sets. So she was ready for that. And uh, we had a friend who was a, uh, um, an artist, he paints a lot, the Don Valley Art Club and places like that, loves opera to death. He's Italian and he was a school teacher, but as he was retiring, uh, he was very interested in being involved in creating sets because he'll walk into the theater and whereas I see a, um, a blank stage, Frank sees the set hmm. and then he draws that set and we build it and it's just amazing. And so we've been uh, building further on that. And we're moving now into the more current digital age where we project a lot of these things. So we pick the right kind of images and project them onto the scene, which makes it a lot easier to change the sets and uh, to uh, put them up there in the first place because there isn't that much construction necessary to put it together. So we've been building them and now we're moving more towards the digital area. Uh, for the amazing opportunities that are there. Oh, that is interesting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this new set. So uh, let's talk about the Magic Flute. It will be performed on Friday, March 3rd, 7.30, and Sunday, March 5th at 2 p.m. Uh, and uh, features the music of Mozart from 225 yes. years ago. 
I had to look that up. But can you tell me just a little bit more about this production? Well, the the Magic Flute is um, an imaginary opera. And Mozart chose the, the story. It has to do, to a certain extent, with... Um, uh, a kind of religion from the Middle East, Zoroastrianism, and uh, focused in Egypt. So we picked the Egypt theme for this particular uh, presentation. The uh, this cast and the sets will be dressed in that kind of a um, an outlook, and we've got an excellent series of Canadian singers. Some even from Richmond Hill. Several of the singers are from Newmarket, and. Uh, we have um, a Papageno and a Papagena team that are very funny, very happy bird catchers. Sarastro is the, the the tall regal leader. He's he's about six foot four, and he just looks the part. And the the most famous part of the magic flute is the Queen of the Night, because she's a lady, a queen who is not getting what she wants, and she gets exceedingly angry. And she's doing a, a a beautifully fiery rendition of her famous Queen of the Night aria. So all of our singers are exceedingly happy to be back on stage after COVID. And we have the orchestra, the chorus, the super titles. We'll be singing it in German and the English uh, dialogue. So people will be able to understand the story. Lots of program notes. And it's a great opera for anyone to come to see because it's uh, easily accessible to understand what's what they're meant to be doing. Great story. Very good. Okay. Um, you've described it wonderfully. Do want to ask one question. Joan, maybe you can tell me, like, what do you say to people who still aren't convinced by Bill's description of the magic flute? Like, you know, how do you say, uh, what do you say to someone? Ah, oh, I don't like opera. Well, uh, first of all, <laughs> I was going to say, you have to keep an open mind for these art forms, like for new art, for anything like that. You have to go in and and be willing to try something a little different. Um, and uh, because it's an art form that uses orchestra and it uses performers that sing and act and set designs and costume designs and so many languages, it's a rich environment to connect to. And... Uh, the company and its professional staff can be a wonderful resource to the community for it too. So um, we're, we're a platform for emerging talent. So, you know, I say to people that are trying it for the first time, come in and enjoy the music and uh, the orchestra and all the sets. And it just takes you over if you allow it to. Some of the strangeness is the voice types. You're not used to hearing a person project. These uh, singers can be in university and postgraduate and learn to project and act longer than physicians than becoming a physician. It's such a highly trained um, profession. And so you're not used to hearing that. I mean, if you took the microphone away from a um, many singers, let me put it that way, it really wouldn't sound the way you think it would seem because they're so digitally enhanced. But these are people that are truly singing acoustically. And the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts is fabulous for that. The Diamond and Schmidt Theater is an acoustic theater. It's just wonderful for really hearing what's happening. And I think that's really exciting, too, and different than most other art forms. 
Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, and your website does talk about how opera, it's very uplifting, inspires creativity. Anything else that you wanted to add to that? Um, and another thing that, um, in terms of the value of opera to the community, um, Bill and I were involved with Diamond and Schmidt, um, who built the Canadian Opera Company's Four Seasons Theatre. And we were able to help build the York Region Catholic Art School Theatre. And uh, we got a cultural grant from the federal government to help do that. And we also suggested these architects to the because we just loved these architects. And um, it's a fabulous theater for Richmond Hill. It's so, it can do so many different things. And um, once they'd been chosen, actually, they asked us to be the resident opera company. It was Linton Freeberg. I don't know if you remember him from way back. Um, and um, they, they, I ha if I had to say our, our impact to the community, it would be because of opera, we have a Diamond and Schmidt theater. And uh, if that would be the longest impacting effect on Richmond Hill, that you really have the best theater in York region. Mm -hmm. And it's because opera has such demanding needs that you have this, we, when we were asked as, as artists in the community, what we wanted, it's a very high standard. And I think it, it pays off in so many ways. It's such a wonderful theater. That is very interesting. I did not, I, I love the theater and I am aware that it has great sound, that we are very fortunate, but never realized that uh, I've got opera to thank for that. So I will doubly appreciate uh, hearing your performance. If, if I can add one other thing in, Marge, mm -hmm. you know that you pay the dollars for the silence. Ooh. Which isn't that interesting? Yes. So that when it goes silent, and it's truly silent, that's what you're paying for. There are no sounds from air conditioning or heating or noises outside. It's the silence that you're paying the money for. Very good point. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Well, I like to think, um, I understand that people, when they haven't experienced something, they can get, uh, let's call preconceived notions. And unfortunately, there's some preconceived notions about opera uh, that are not true. And it overlooks what is true. Because opera just tells a vivid story using amazing singers, music, sets. And you can read a story or you can watch it on TV or you can watch it on a movie screen. And it's, it's effective. But when you see it live, when you're on stage with, in real time, you're part of the story. You become a participant. And it's an experience that people um, have been overlooking that that's why we say live music is best, but live opera is unbelievable. If you can go in there and understand what you're going to get, it's it's just amazing to be part of that story. More so than you can be if you're watching something on a television screen or just reading in the book. It's all good, but being mm -hmm. part of the action is is that much better. And if I can, I'd, yeah. I'd like to add that we would really like to thank the Ontario Trillium Foundation 
and the city of Richmond Hill for supporting us. Uh, the Ontario Trillium Foundation really started us off when we were beginning because this is such an expensive art form. So we would really like to thank the Ontario Trillium for helping us begin. Very nice. Okay. I do like to end the podcast with a comment from the guests, so from both of you. Uh, name one thing you really like about this community. So for me, it's the people. <laughs> Audiences <clears throat> at summer concerts, audience at Opry York, the children and student program, the staff in Richmond Hill, from the mayors on down, everyone has been very warm and kind, and they care about quality of life and creating a vibrant Richmond Hill. Very nice. Okay, Phil, do you want to top that? What's, what do I you find love the about same. Richmond it, Hill? Well, it's the support for the arts okay. that um, is, uh, it draws the whole community together. And there's the, the parks concerts to go on, the visual arts displays, the Curtain Club. Your, your program here, Marge, it, yep. it draws people together to say that um, we, we need to have the arts in the community to make Richmond Hill a stronger place. And just being able to see that there are people in the community saying that and doing that means that there's hope for the arts in the community and around the area. Something to grow on. And uh, we're very happy, to, which is why we're there. We're very happy to have that kind of um, ground on which to sow the arts. Very good. Well said. Okay. Um, just really want to thank both of you for taking the time to to have this conversation. You both said very well the importance of art, of opera as an art form. And I think you've convinced people that they really need to get out and see it. And uh, if March 3rd, March 5th this year, you can uh, just go to the theater and uh, at Richmond Hill Center for Performing Arts and enjoy it. So again, thank you, both of you. Thank you, Marge. Thank you. Thank you, Marge. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>